All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Hey guys, welcome to the TM Up podcast. Aaron here, and today I am not joined alongside Gio. Um, yeah, I'm just by myself today. It'll be a shorter one, but yeah, Gio is out with a sickness. I don't know if he was lying just to get some extra rest today, or I guess he just didn't want to banter about more Eagles Chief stuff since we're not really talking about the Packers anymore. But no, Gio, Gio, feel better, man. Uh, hope we'll get you back on tomorrow. But even though it will be a shorter kind of episode today, still got lots to talk about. And we are going to start with <clears throat> the big news um, coming out of the sports world today with the GOAT. NFL legend and future Hall of Famer Tom Brady for the second time now announcing his retirement, uh, posting on his social media platforms, just a short vid- video, it looked like he was on the beach or something. And yeah, just kind of kept it humble and simple this time around. And he attributed it to he's used up his tearful retirement essay uh, once before since he ended up using it last year and then pulled a double take on us by coming back to the NFL. So, um, yeah, if that's the end for Tom Brady, what a career. Seven Super Bowl rings, more Super Bowl rings than any NFL franchise. Uh, He did what he said he wanted to do and was played till age 45. All-time leader in passing yards, all-time leader in touchdowns. Um, He's the GOAT, and whoever says he's not the GOAT I'm not too sure what you're looking at because he's statistically the GOAT. And even on a winning level, he's a GOAT. You know, we see these arguments happen in the NBA and in the NHL. Um, Well, if we talk about the NBA here with um, like LeBron, people say LeBron is the GOAT. And I think statistically, after he passes Kareem here in a couple of days, he will be the GOAT statistically. But then on a winning level, is LeBron the GOAT? Because you have the argument of Michael Jordan, who went 6-0 in the NBA Finals. Bill Russell, who has 11 NBA rings. Uh, Kobe Bryant, who has one more ring than LeBron James. So on a winning level, is LeBron really the GOAT? But Tom Brady on winning and statistically is the GOAT on both levels. So, yeah, there's not much to argue. Um, what a career it was for Tom Brady. And... <clears throat> I guess now what we have to look at is what's next for Tampa Bay because they're pretty much screwed now without a quarterback. Their their next quarterback in line here is Desmond Ritter, which is not ideal at all. So it'll be interesting to see what Tampa Bay kind of does. Are they going to look for a veteran bridge QB in the offseason? Are they going to trade – like their star players, maybe let go of their star players and create cap space. Um, like Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Is Leonard Fournette done in the NFL as a starting caliber running back? And just if we take a little left turn here, Leonard Fournette originally joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to kind of reignite and remind people why he was such a revered quarter, uh, running back coming out of college and why Jacksonville took him with a top five pick in the NFL draft. 
he kind of slowed down in Jacksonville and he had a massive resurgence in Tampa Bay. But this year was the complete opposite as he kind of well, regressed quite a bit. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on Leonard Fournette to see if he's done in the NFL. But going back to Tampa Bay and what they're going to do, it's a tough situation for Todd Bowles. Because he took over, obviously, Bruce Arians, you know, thinking this year was going to be a way more successful season than it was. And now he's basically, uh, you know, start of a rebuild, right? I don't see like a Derek Carr going over there. Um, you know, a good shout actually would be Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers or if Tampa Bay is interested in Aaron Rodgers, but that would be pretty cool to see um, him going over there. But um, for Tampa Bay, even if they go for five or six years of like hell, it was all worth it because they did win the Super Bowl and they mortgaged uh, their entire future um, for one Super Bowl. And that's what every team dreams of winning their ultimate championship and goal. And like the same thing with the Lakers, they mortgaged their entire future for that title with LeBron and they did it. Um, So there's no regrets there. And that's the exact same with Tampa Bay, but yeah, big, big news coming out of the NFL there. And Tom Brady, man, what a career and enjoy life, man. (laughs) Seriously. Hopefully, you know, the last year with the divorce, this guy lost like 16 pounds. It wasn't ideal for the guy. But yeah, Tommy, you've done everything you've had to do at a, at the NFL level, man. Enjoy it. Um, I think the one thing that nobody wants you to do, though, is take Greg Olson's spot as the number one commentator, color commentator on Fox. So don't do that. Do anything else. Um, but yeah, Tom, we're going to miss you, man. We're going to miss you. But um, I want to transition to the NBA really quickly before we jump back to the NFL. Um, the Western Conference in the NBA is an absolute it's madness going on over there. If I just pull up the standings right now, Denver and Memphis are kind of separating themselves from the rest of the Western Conference. San, uh, Sacramento is third place, 29-21. and 21, And they're trying to separate themselves from the rest of the pack which is crazy to say Sacramento is. But from that point on, from fourth place, which are the LA Clippers, to the 12th place Portland Trailblazers, only one loss separates fourth place from the West and 12th place in the West, with Portland being 25 and 26 and the Clippers being 29 and 25. And you can throw the Lakers in there, too. The Lakers are 13th, but they're 24 and 28. The Lakers win two or three games in a row. They are in the thick of it now. So right now, the margin of error in the West is slim to none. And with the Golden State Warriors losing a a basic gimme against the Minnesota Timberwolves today, um, like these are the type of games that could impact your seeding towards the end of the season. So, yeah, we got we got to watch out here. The Pelicans have lost nine in a row now. They're twenty six and twenty six. They've definitely suffered the most uh, with the injury of Zion Williamson. The Pelicans looked incredible last year, though, without Zion Williamson. 
took the Suns to six games. It, it really looked like at times they were going to beat the Suns, but now it looks like this season they're hopeless without Zion. So you would think that they'd at least be fringe, but no, they've if, they've completely fallen off. Team looks disconnected. But when Zion comes back, watch out for the watch out for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, another team to talk about is Phoenix. They have kind of fallen off the cliff too, um, struggling. But I think a lot of people fail to realize is Devin Booker's been out for quite a bit. Now, I guess the question I'll ask you guys, and um, you guys can interact with us at TMUpPod on Twitter. Give us a follow. We'll follow right back. and Feel free to banter, interact with us. We love, you know, just to chat and um, argue, of course. But... Um, uh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns, are, are people sleeping on them because of Devin Booker being out? When Devin Booker comes back, are the Suns going to you know, get back to their top form and become a threat in the Western Conference again? So that'll be something to look at as well. Personally, though, I don't see the Phoenix Suns ever being a playoff contender. Yeah, they made the NBA Finals a couple years ago, and they almost did win the NBA Finals and lost to Milwaukee. But for me, I think that was their peak. Chris Paul has regressed significantly um, this year, and you can't really blame the guy. It's just age. Maybe the vegan diet is <laughs> is getting to him now. Gio loves Craig. Uh, vegans my buddy panit actually is like he shook at the fact that chris paul is like in peak nba shape and is a vegan he doesn't understand it but i think that's a conversation for another day when we get that guy on but yeah the suns look like they've they've regressed as a group nothing much has changed that loss of drake jake jay crowder has been kind of impactful as weird as it is to say, um, Cameron Johnson has failed to step up. It seems like Mikhail Bridges has leveled off a little bit. So I guess, are the Suns going to make any sort of deadline acquisition? And they were actually taking a look at OG Ananobi, who's on the trade block from Toronto. So that'll be something to look at as well. But before we delve into the Eastern Conference, though, I wanted to touch up on the LA Clippers. I think the LA Clippers are the most fascinating team right now in the Western Conference. Starting from number one, Denver. You know, Denver is doing super well, but they're like such a regular season team. They remind me of the old school Toronto Raptors with DeRozan and Larry that would just go off during the regular season, put up amazing numbers, and then flop in the playoffs. I put Denver in that category right now. Memphis still yet to prove themselves. They they do the job against poor teams, but like it seems like Golden State has their number. But the Los Angeles Clippers are starting to heat up now. First part of the season, it seemed like PG and Kawhi couldn't get on the court together. Kawhi came back and then went out again, and then PG was still on and off, on and off. Then there'd be games where Tyler would literally bench their entire starting lineup, and the Clippers would go on with like a G League team and get hammered. So they were basically giving away games at the early part of the season. Then, you know, Kawhi came back fully healthy, kind of laid off the load management. Him and PG started to do well 
together and they started to do well as a team, but then they kind of fell off the cliff again, basically going sub 500 as a group together. And then people are wondering, well, is it too late for these Clippers? Because, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been together for, I think, three years now. And I don't know how many games they've actually played together, but it's very minimal. So, like, the chemistry was not there. But now, over the course of the last week, the Clippers have been on fire. 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Um, they've had a couple big victories um, over the last 10. Um, beating the Bulls, um, handling the Mavs, no problem. They've had a couple easy ones against the Spurs and the Hawks. Uh, but it looks like the Clippers are heating up, man. And that'll be a team to watch going down the stretch. Um, especially for me, because I have an outright for the LA Clippers to win the NBA championship. That might be something I'm going to regret um, later on. I think I regret it right now, actually, but I got no choice. Um, but I got a, I got a real uh, rally for the Clippers. So, uh, but yeah, especially with the added pressure on the Clippers to perform because PG and Kawhi's contracts are running up. They've been together, like I said, um, just a couple seconds ago for about three or four years now. And their overall core is just getting older year by year. They're not getting younger. And just the patience is gone. They need to make an impact now. And I know I talked about the Raptors potentially trading OG Ananobi. Um, The LA Clippers, or more specifically Kawhi Leonard, is interested in bringing Fred Van Vliet over to the Los Angeles Clippers, or maybe former Raptor Kyle Lowry over. That would be um, obviously huge. Reggie Jackson's a formidable point guard. However, when Reggie Jackson is not a focal point of the offense, he struggles to fit in and get involved and be productive. When Kawhi and PG were out for extended times, well, Kawhi was out all of last year, and with PG being out for extended periods, Reggie Jackson would go off, man, and he would literally carry that team on offense. But that doesn't seem like the case this year. It looks like he's lost his groove, which makes you want to think that Reggie Jackson on this team is better fit to be like a sixth man in bench role and just be a microwave off the bench, kind of like how J.R. Smith was back in the day. And if L.A. can acquire just a ball handler and someone who can control the flow of the game, and impact the game by not necessarily scoring and being like a third or fourth option. I think Fred Van Vliet fits that mold perfectly. Um, when the Raptors did win that NBA championship in 2019, Fred was like their fifth or fourth option, right? He was behind Kawhi Siakam. Um, who else am I missing here? Maybe that's maybe that's it. <laughs> Lowry. I guess even though Larry, you know, he's not really a scorer, but um, but yeah, Fred Fred was able to make a massive impact just with this hustle, and then he he's bound for those clutch baskets as well. So I'm hoping the Clippers acquire Fred VanVleet because that would be incredible for them. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up the NBA on the West. I want to quickly touch up on the East though, and I want to talk about my Toronto Raptors because. Gosh, it's been so difficult to watch these guys um, over like throughout this season. And you're hearing rumors and rumblings from literally all 
over the place with um, OG Edenobi being unhappy, uh, Nick Nurse basically shafting Gary Trent earlier on in the season. Um, the starters are all playing like 40-plus minutes a game. This guy doesn't even touch his bench. And if you look at the Raptors' starting lineup, they have a pretty good starting lineup. Um, I know Achua was out for the start of the season, but he's back now. You got Achua, Siakam, who's an all-star. OG, who's a defensive player of the year candidate. His statistics as a wing defender, um, when he's the primary on-ball defender, are unreal. I think top two as a wing defender in the association. Uh, Gary Trent, who's a microwave, who I... I think that'd be a good upgrade there, but still decent. And then you got Fred, who's also an all-star. So you got two all-stars on this starting lineup, and they're like 12th or 13th in the Eastern Conference. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is some unrest in that locker room because on paper, the Raptors should be doing so much better. And geez, I forgot to mention Scotty Barnes, <laughs> rookie of the year, franchise cornerstone. So this exact same team last year, guys, was fourth in the Eastern Conference or fifth in the Eastern Conference, and people were predicting them to beat Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. We're not that far removed from that, guys. We're about seven or eight months removed. And now talks are about all blowing it up. Personally, I think the Raptors are just two or three bench pieces away from significantly competing in the Eastern Conference. What that means, though, is getting rid of Thaddeus Young. He needs to go. Good player on a bad team. Banton, he can't be a guy coming off the bench uh, and being productive. Chris Boucher, as much as I love that guy, and as much as Jack Armstrong loves Chris Boucher, he's not it. He's not it. So, But it's it's not going to happen. Um, like Hernan Gomez, no. He, he shouldn't even be there. He should go back to filming movies, to be honest. And Coloco, I love Coloco, but he's a rookie. Uh, you got to give him some time. And gosh, what's his name? Malachi. Malachi sucks. I hope the Raptors just get rid of Malachi because he... <sighs> Anyways. So, um, yeah, the Raptors are going to rebuild. And I'm actually super, super excited for it because... Um, OG is only 24 years old and 40% from the three-point line does an amazing job on defense. So he's a 3 and D wing kind of guy. That is super valued in today's style of basketball, right? This, like I said, the Sun's already interested in him. He would be able to fit on any sing- any team, really, that's what makes him so special as a player. And again, he doesn't necessarily have to have the ball in his hands to be productive, right? Um, stop and pop on the wing. So with that being said, I, f- I have a feeling he's going to demand uh, or command three first-round picks from the market. The Minnesota Timberwolves completely screwed the market with uh, the Rudy Gobert trade. So market's super inflated right now, and the Raptors need to take advantage and move OG um, out. If it's for three first-round picks, I wouldn't take any trade that's less than three first-round picks because he's only 24 years old. If the Raptors do rebuild for a year or two 
and then begin to contend again? Well, OG is only 27 years old and he's going to be in his prime. So why not hold on to him? I'd only I'd only trade him for a King's Ransom. However, someone I feel like they do have to move on now for the sake and development of Scotty Barnes is Fred Van Vliet. Um, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. Shorter guard, right? That's not a good combination um, at all as an aging shorter point guard um, who's at the end of his contract and wants 30 to $35 million a year and has already rejected a $30 million extension from you guys earlier in the season. So Raps need to move on from Fetty. I think they got to just trade whatever they can get for him. I know Masai will be patient and patient and, you know, try to get the best that he can for him. But even if it's a first round pick and like a prospect or um, a first round pick, second round pick and a bench player, you just, you just got to move on from the guy. There's no point of trading for established NBA players at this point if you want to rebuild. So I would stay, steer away from that and try to acquire a project. But Move on from Fred, free up some cap space, and hand the keys to this, to this team to Scotty Barnes. Pascal Siakam is obviously the 1A on this team, but he's a bona fide scorer. Scotty Barnes could be the point guard of this team if he really wanted to be, but because of the talent around him, I feel like he doesn't feel the need to be the alpha. If we looked at him playing last year, especially in the playoffs, Scotty Barnes knew he was the alpha and knew he had to perform in order for the Raptors to win ball games. This year, there's been so much disconnect. It seems like he's taking a step back because he aren't, certainly to me looks like he feels intimidated by his teammates on the floor in terms of, let me give the ball away, give the ball away, give the ball away, and not take initiative and do this for himself. Now, with the Raptors, this has happened before. And it happened before back in 2013 with Rudy Gay. When the Raptors acquired Rudy Gay, they had a young DeMar DeRozan. And everyone thought, oh, this is going to be nice. And the Raptors were god-awful with Rudy Gay on that team. Um, they also had Kyle Lowry as well. Sorry. And the Raptors were going to – Masai had just came in as a GM, and they were ready to blow it up back then. And they almost pulled the trigger by trading Kyle Lowry to the Knicks, but back down the last second. Uh, don't know why, but they did. Traded Rudy Gay, and that wasn't going to be the end of the dominoes. Like They were going to just clear house. Traded Rudy Gay, and then the Raptors suddenly just became a competitive team that year with DeRozan and Lowry. Because it opened up Lowry to be more assertive told DeRozan that no one else is going to score. He has to be the one that does it or else no one will. And he became the blossom to the player he is, I guess, now on the Chicago Bulls. So trading Fred Van Vliet could be the key to Scotty Barnes. So I'm super, super excited for that to happen. And also, if they tank this year, they're in the Wemby sweepstakes, guys. Come on now. Wemby on the Toronto Raptors? That might stun Scotty Barnes' growth a little bit, but whatever. Who cares? If we're getting Wemby, I'll be super, super happy. But uh, before we move on here, Nick Nurse, man, you got to play your mother freaking bench, dude. I, I get the bench is not great, 
but he's playing the starters right now. Like Toronto's a fringe playoff team or every single win matters or like they're fighting for first place in the Eastern Conference. They are a bottom feeder right now as sad as that sounds. And with this current team, there's no way they're getting past Philadelphia. There's no way they're getting past Boston. There's no way they're getting past Brooklyn. Um, Milwaukee, no chance, right? And if I'm being honest, they're not getting past the Knicks, Cavs, or Heat either. Jeez, I don't know if they're going to get past the bloody Wizards or Pacers. I would take them over the Raptors. So... Dude, Nick, just play your bench, man, and don't burn these players out. Like, you don't want to burn, like, Pascal out. Maybe Scotty can run all day, but give your freaking starters a break here. That could also be part of the unrest in the locker room. Bench isn't getting any playing time. The starters are frustrated. They're playing 40 minutes a night, and they're losing ball games. So, Nick, get it together, man. Uh, we all know you're a great coach, but uh, this year has not been not been the case. So, um, but yeah, um, I want to transition over to the NFL. Eagles Chiefs. Now, when Gio's back on tomorrow, we'll talk about um, Eagles Chiefs a little bit more. But I guess I can give my side of of the spiel here without Gio interrupting me, as so so respectfully that he does. But um, if you want to make money on the Super Bowl. Eagles, minus six and a half. Lock it in. Um, Pat, it is Patrick Mahomes is like, I, I can't even begin to describe how impactful um, he is and like how he just continue to get continues to get it done. Like it just boggles my mind. But It'll be interesting to monitor the injuries of Kansas City's wide receivers because for some reason, Cincinnati could not shut down their wide receivers and it was really, really dumb. But uh, Shane Steichen, defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, is a smart, smart man. And what I said on the episode where Dubby was on uh, previously, giant super fan, um, I was saying, you know, the Eagles haven't really opened up their defensive playbook. Right. If you notice towards the end of the regular season, they were, you know, they were kind of giving a lot of stuff away on the defensive end, let's be honest. And people were worried about the Eagles defense. I was also worried about the Eagles defense, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I hope, I hope, I hope Shane Steichen and the Eagles defensive brass are just kind of playing in some default um, original defense and then bringing out all the schemes and exotics and whatever you want to call it for the playoffs. And so against the Giants, um, it certainly looks so. I'm not going to say they did against the 49ers because they didn't have to. Poor poor San Francisco. But I could certainly see something like that happening in the Super Bowl. It is something to note, though. Mahomes has been in two Super Bowls, and his passer rating is not too great. I'm going to try to find it right now, but he has struggled in his two Super Bowl appearances. Um, right? And if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill and that one pass play that they made um, in this first Super Bowl against San Francisco to kind of get Casey back in the game, 
we could be here sitting talking about Mahomes being ringless and a choker in the Super Bowl. As great as he is, as great as he is, um, we could be sitting here talking about that. He has a passer rating of 64.2 in the Super Bowl with 556 yards, two touchdowns, and four picks. It's not good. Not good at all. So I would uh, hope or not hope, I would assume for a better performance this time around. Third time's a charm, maybe. But this is by far his best supporting cast. Or by far not his best supporting cast. Injuries to Juju. Um, McCole Hardman. Now his best receiver is Sky Moore. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Besides Kelsey. But the Eagles secondary has been super, super impressive this year. And I think for Kansas City, the X factor is going to be Isaiah Pacheco. Because the Eagles have been suspect on the run. In the run game, right? They haven't been bad, but they haven't been great. And I know statistically they were like 29th or 30th in the league defending against the run. Okay. I don't think the run defense is that bad. It just really depends whether they want to defend it or not. Um, but the way KC plays, they're not going to be running the ball that much. Like I said, with. Um, our preview with the Giants game. The Eagles have to get off to a really, really hot start, and this game is over. Not like, oh, they're going to get off to a hot start, and Casey's going to be fighting back the whole game. No. If they get off to a hot start, this game is over. That was the case against the Giants. That was the case against San Francisco, albeit injuries to quarterback. Right, But this was the case the entire season with Philadelphia, with games pretty much being over at halftime or at the halfway point of third quarter. That's why the Eagles' running offense was tops in the league. They didn't run too much in the first half. If if anyone actually watched a full Eagles game um, consistently, they didn't really run in the first half. They throw a lot in the first half. Build that lead, and then they run, 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 grounded, pound, grounded, pound, and just run that clock out in the second half, which is why they're tops in the league running because they run the ball so much because they're in the lead so much. The line switched considerably um, after the AFC title game. I went onto my app, and it was, Eagles are plus one, and then I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to bet Eagles even money pretty much. Literally an hour later, there were two and a half point favorites. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, I don't think that spread is going to increase at all. Do I think the spread is spot on? I'd say it's spot on. If I was an odds maker, I'd make Philly a slight favorite, to be honest, one and a half or two and a half. And it'd, hard to, it'd be hard to argue why not. 38 to 7 against the Giants, 31 to 7 against the Niners. And if you look at KC's playoff victories, um, wasn't too impressive against the Jags, right? Yeah, they beat the Bagels, but was it impressive? They were a 15-yard penalty away from going to overtime. And who knows what, what would have happened then. And let's be honest, that game shouldn't have gone into overtime. And Cincinnati should have won that game, but I don't want to go down that road right now. <laughs> but KC hasn't been impressive in the postseason. 
Like they've just been meh. So for me, this has the feels of the Tampa Bay Kansas City Super Bowl, guys, where superior defense just walks down that Kansas City offense and their defense isn't able to keep up. I'm being completely honest. Um, that Super Bowl, because I remember betting on it, Tampa Bay was about, I want to say, five and a half point underdogs. I got to find that Chiefs Super Bowl spread. I think they were like five point underdogs because, yeah, the Bucks were a plus 145. I remember betting their money line. Sorry, the Bucks were plus three. The Bucks were plus three. So, and the Chiefs got crushed. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game. Super, super excited for it. But um, I wonder if Tom Brady is going to be there. I wonder if Tom Brady is going to be on the panel actually with Fox. Maybe we'll see a three-man booth. I saw that uh, people suggesting maybe there should be a three-man booth for the Super Bowl with Olsen, Burkhardt, and Brady. But, I think they should keep it, keep it as is for now. Um, I guess one thing before we jump off here, what I'm super excited for though is um, Gronk and his field goal. I wonder what's going to happen there. Those commercials have been super, super sick to watch. I'm low-key kind of hyped um, for for that. So um, go Gronk, hit that field goal, make us look, make us look bad. But yeah, guys, uh, out of time today. Again, just a little bit of a shorter episode just to kind of get something out there for you guys. Um, Geo gives his well wishes, I think. I think. Um, the Leafs did lose today. Um, but let's pull up the scoreline right now because it wasn't it wasn't too great. The Leafs lost. Let's see here. 5-2. 5-2 to the Boston Bruins. Um, Samsona, five goals on 24 shots. Oh, Toronto... Outshot Boston though thirty five to twenty nine, so according to Geo, because they've outshot Boston, uh, they played the better game. That's that's what he's probably going to say to me, and he's pro- and watch he's going to come on tomorrow and he's going to blame um, West McCauley. He's going to he's going to say something about Tim me Tim Peel. He's going to say something about the M- um, NHL officials. He's going to say something about Gary Bedman. And guys, I will remind him that it's been over 20,000 days since the Maple Leafs have won the Stanley Cup. And Gio, when you listen to this tomorrow, um, yeah, I hope I hope you laugh, my man, because it looks like the Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning are on a crash course again for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'll be the first one to say it. As much as I feel really, really bad for Toronto now, they're going to lose again, man. They're going to lose again. Um, again, guys, give us a follow TM up pod on Twitter. Uh, if you guys didn't see, we were actually featured on inside the NBA roasting Channing Fry. Cause he looks like Nick Cannon. Uh, that was pretty cool to see us up there, but, uh, TNT. Thanks for the shout out. Left go. Thanks for the shout out. Channing Fry. Hey, we love you, man. Uh, you, you may look like Nick Cannon, but, uh, but you're a good guy. Yeah. We have no beef against you, Channing. Maybe we'll get you on the show, man. And you can explain to us, um, you know, how playing with LeBron was, especially since he's breaking the record. That'd be pretty freaking cool, man. Um, But yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, 
hopefully you know geo's back on tomorrow otherwise i might have to go solo again or bring on a special guest tune in tomorrow to find out okay take care guys all my life been grinding all my life sacrifice hustle paid the price want a slice got to roll the dice that's why all my life i've been grinding all my life all my life been grinding all my life 